This is Saturday, August 28th, and we're finishing up this week of Living Free. Not long ago, when I was out in Colorado, I heard about the moving memorial in Littleton at the site of the Columbine High School shooting. Likely, you remember the shooting. On April 20th, 1999, Columbine High School seniors Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold murdered 12 students, one teacher, and injured 24 others. Harris and Klebold then committed suicide, and it was at the time the deadliest shooting at a high school in American history. I like to visit the memorial, as it carries the messages of the various students, staff, and workers whose lives were lost or affected by this immense tragedy. Now here's our text for today, from Numbers chapter 35, verse 9 to 15. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall select cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer who kills any person without intent may flee there. The city shall be for you a refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation for judgment. And the cities that you shall give shall be six cities of refuge. You shall give three cities beyond the Jordan, and three cities in the land of Canaan to be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be for refuge for the people of Israel, for the stranger, for the sojourner among you, that anyone who kills any person without intent may flee there. Now in America right now, we're hearing these same concepts that we read in Scripture. Yes, the idea for cities of refuge came from the Lord himself but with some very distinct differences. God didn't call for cities of refuge to protect immigrants from being deported from the country. Instead, there were two main reasons the Lord made a provision for these cities. Actually, everybody in the land was to welcome the foreigner and the sojourner because the people of God had been sojourners and foreigners in Egypt themselves. Now, the two reasons the Lord made provisions for these cities were both really reasons of justice. The first was to protect the land. The Lord told his people that the shedding of blood would pollute the good land he was giving to them. Yes, I know it sounds strange that blood that's used to purify the tabernacle and the priests and also used for the atonement of people that that blood would actually pollute land, but that's the way it works. The right blood used for the right purposes cleanse the people from sins that lead to death. But the wrong blood, especially the shed blood of human beings in the wrong place in the land the Lord provided to his people, would defile the good land. This truth is stated later in this chapter in this way. I'll read it to you. Numbers 35, 33 to 34. You shall not pollute the land in which you live, for blood pollutes the land, and no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that is shed in it, except the blood of the one who shed it. You shall not defile the land in which you live, in the midst of which I dwell, 
for I, the Lord, dwell in the midst of the people of Israel. So yes, it works like this. God dwells in the land with you, and the shedding of human blood stains the land. It defiles, it pollutes, because God is a God of justice. Now, these concepts are difficult for us to understand, but I think we do understand how something is hallowed, how it's set apart and made different and holy. Visiting the memorial in Columbine no doubt would give this powerful impression. It is not only a reminder of the horrible crime committed, but it carries with it a, a sense of power. This place has become something like holy ground, sacred ground. This is the feeling I had walking the Allied Cemetery in Normandy. Thousands of standing stones lined the ground. It was the reminder of the sacrifice that took place to secure freedom, the freedom of Europe. I realized that in each grave was the body of a man or a woman that had sacrificed their life. I knew I was on holy ground. So God says human life is so precious that when it's taken, when blood is shed unjustly, there's a stain on the land. Now we don't think this way today because we don't make spiritual connections so much anymore. Now, when such a killing of a person took place, Jewish justice was swift and clear. It meant a life for a life. But here was the problem. What if the death was accidental, not intentional, what we call manslaughter today? What if it was not premeditated or purposed? The Lord made a provision in the land to protect the person from revenge, avenging the death, and for this sentence of manslaughter. He set aside cities in the land as cities of refuge. The person could flee there and be safe. The elders in that city would hear the person's case in a public hearing and deem whether the death was accidental. And if so, the person would live in the city until that high priest died. During that time, the person would be safe from retribution but he would also be isolated from his family and cut off from his community. When a new priest was installed, a new high priest, the person could return home and resume his life. Now, we won't go into all the ins and outs of this law, but it's important for us to see that God is always pursuing justice for his people, and what is done in the land comes to mark the land and stain the land. And this means that as beautiful as the Columbine Memorial is, and as powerful as a visit to Normandy, the land is marked by death and by sin. And God did not want this for his land and for his people. You see, he was living there. He was in the midst of his people. Now, as I read this passage, I wonder if we are as protective of our community and our city it's an amazing thing that even during the time of Jesus, the time of Roman occupation, it was important that Jesus, along with the two criminals, well, they had to be crucified outside the city. Why not inside the city? It was this awareness of the power of blood, and especially bloodshed. There should be no stain on the city where everyone lived. But Jesus was not guilty. He did nothing wrong, nothing to deserve his execution. 
So why did God arrange for Jesus to die outside the city? I think this happened so that we would always be able to find refuge in his city. Jesus was taken where we belong, outside the camp and the city, so that we might have a place to run, a place to be safe. He was making a place for us. And yes, when our true high priest died, we were set free from sin and death. Let's pray. Forgive us, Lord, we overlook the sacred nature of land and how it can be polluted by injustice. Thank you for creating the ultimate city of refuge in Jesus, the place where we can find shelter from our sin. Give us a sense of the sacred in your world, a sense of how you value people and how you care for them. For we pray in your name. Amen.